All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. Are you tired of shaving? Are you tired of shopping for blades? Yes, Are you for your husband. tired of spending way too much money for crappy blades that pop yes. out and then you step on them in the shower? Yes, There's a husband. better answer. DollarShaveClub.com forward slash sideshow. It's like Netflix for shaving. You give them a couple bucks a month, they send you razors on, an, on a schedule. They send you the razor blades and the handle and then you shave. And I don't have to go out and buy them? No, it's automatic. It's like Netflix. Do you have to return them? No, it's not that much like Netflix. So they're new. It's similar to Netflix. Yes, you're not renting an old Jimmy Stewart razor. This is a new razor. They're sent to you in groups every month. Are there his and hers? Because you take my razors. Uh, You know what? There's only one place to find out if there are, and that is... DollarShaveClub.com forward slash sideshow. Shave your face. Do some manscaping. Be smooth and yummy. Manscaping, yes. All for pennies on the dollar. Don't be an idiot. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash sideshow. All my bags are packed and ready to go. I'm standing here outside the tower. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. It's that special time once again, a time to go to a fork on the road. I'm Mark DiCarlo and sitting to my right is the lovely and talented and very redheaded this week, Yeni Alvarez, the traveling diva. Welcome. Hi, thank you. So this excited. Is, yeah, me too. This is going to be a fun show because we have guests in the studio. Woo-hoo! Normally we're talking to people fun on guests. crappy cell phone lines. Now we're actually talking to them in the same room. It's going to be fun. Um, we uh, This is show number 10. We've made double digits, which the line in Vegas against that was 401. So I'm feeling pretty good today. <laughs> and we're going to be doing all this with our very special in-studio guests, You know him and you love him from whose line is it anyway? If you're lucky, you've seen him live with his show, uh, his two-man improv show with Colin Mockery. The lovely and talented Brad Shorewood is joining us today. Welcome, Brad. Thank you so much. And who did you bring with you? I brought my lovely wife. Who who travels with you as well, right? This is my lovely wife, Shauna. Sometimes she travels with me. Yes, when we go places non-show related, she travels (laughs) everywhere. Well, we're excited to have you both here. Um, We've known each other for... Super long Two time. Decades, Two decades, right? That's a long we time. We started together well, at Second City. Yeah. Oh, I've known him way before you. The stories Brad could tell you. Uh-huh. And maybe will in the well, next hour. Possibly. <laughs> so we're going to be talking all about travel, all about food, all about those things. The show, as usual, brought to you by EnviroTabs. You put a tab in your tank, you get 15% better gas mileage. If you want to know more about it, you go to markdecarlo.com and click on the Road Raves tab. You'll learn all about that. And uh, our friends at Vivitar were giving away a underwater. You guys will travel. You should get this. An underwater eight, camera. Vivitar 850W. It works underwater. You can take, when you go on your little scuba trips, you can videotape talking to the fishes. All Mr. the little fishies. I would totally do that. Right? I'm actually looking for a good underwater camera. Well, you can give them voices, the fishies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you how to win that camera later on the show. Basically, all, all you have to do is follow me at Twitter. I'm at Mark DiCarlo. Mm-hmm. Hashtag a fork on the road and uh, send us the names of the guests of the show today. Right. So after the end of the show, you'll know who they were. 
All right, well, let's get started. Yay. Bradley Sherwood, it's so great to have you it's here. It's so good to be had. <laughs> That's what they all say. So now, <laughs> as far as I know, people have been doing stand-up comedy forever, right? That is the, has been the primary uh, professional extension of comedy. People have been doing improv for a long time. Second City's been around for 50 years. But there have been very, I don't think any, successful club improvisers until you and Colin came along. You took the success from Whose Line Is It Anyway? You've turned it into a great touring show. Tell, let, let's, tell us a little bit about your show first, and then we'll go back and uh, learn all about your history. Well, basically, the show that Colin and I do, it's two-man. It's live in front of an audience. We play theaters and performing arts centers around the country, uh, casinos and things like that. And we get suggestions from the audience, and we so, do some games that they might have seen on Whose Line mm -hmm. and some other games that he and I have come up with. But it's completely interactive with the audience. We basically hand them the keys to the car, and then they drive us where they want to go. So it's all about what they want it to be about, and we bring them up on stage throughout the the show so they do our sound effects in some mm -hmm. scenes and our dialogue and others and they move us around so they're really our puppet masters through the whole show and you guys are like rock stars we saw your show last year at the cerritos, cerritos. Yeah. yeah and the, the place is packed it was like going to going to see the rolling stones i i haven't seen a big stand-up show in forever you know i used to see right. carlin every time he'd come to town and bill cosby and there's some guy you know prior that were events and it this was very much like that People it's were excited so to be there. Yeah. And it's got to be great for you guys because you're not doing the same stuff every night. It's, that's one of the best things about the show. You know, we've, been, we've been touring together now for 10 years doing our two-man show. And we've done hundreds of shows in those 10 years. And you know, the menu, not only do the games that we play change on a regular basis because we're always trying to you know, stretch ourselves and make it different, mm -hmm. but we're, the, the, the text of what we're doing every single night is completely different. Mm -hmm. You know, each show is like a snowflake. And it's so fun to do. There's you mean no cold and melty? Yes, yes. <laughs> Why would anyone pay money yeah. to see that? Frigid and bristly and leaves you wanting more. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's so fun to not... I mean, I think of bands that have toured for years. Like Ario Speedwagon must be sick of playing... Keep the fire yeah. burning. I want to know what love is. Yes, that's is that Foreigner. A that's foreigner. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but they're still touring. Band. They're still touring. They're touring too. Yes. But yeah, I'm sure you, after 10,000 times of playing your big hits, you're just doing it in your sleep. Mm -hmm. And we always have to stay sharp and be awake because we are always in the state of you never know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and I think clearly the audience picks up on that and makes it exciting and it makes it really fun. And I don't think, has there been, I mean, there have been great improvisers, Jonathan Winters, yeah. Robin Williams, but I think you guys are really the first people to do this successfully yeah the whole cast of whose line uh, goes off in different incarnations so uh, wayne also does a two-man show but yeah we are sort of the 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 pioneers of it being sort of a roadworthy out on tour in big theaters right. event as opposed just to just comedy country. clubs yeah yeah we go we go all over the place well where have you been tell me some cool places because you obviously you've been able to take your passion and turn it into a great career and a great way to see the world yeah well uh, one of the What's the weirdest place you've ever been? Weirdest place would be two years ago we went to India and did a five city tour. Uh, How do you do exhausting tour? Yeah. <laughs> it How do you was do a comedy in India? Well, we were kind of nervous carefully. about that. <laughs> we, we, were, we were actually very nervous about that because we thought, well, culturally, uh, uh, what we're going to do, is it going to translate? But really, you, you have to remember that uh, Whose Line started off as a British show. And, you know, they were under the British Empire, so they got all of England's programming. And, you know, the bulk right. of the country speaks English. You know, and they're, they're everybody bilingual. Everybody knew who they were. 
Every yeah, when we got there, person. we were really surprised. You wow. want to talk about being a, like a beetle? There, we were shocked because really? every single person off the street would run up to them. So nice. They're so lovely. Run up to them with a pen and a paper and say their names correctly. Not, hey, you're that guy from that show. Well, it's not like Brad oh. is difficult to pronounce. Right. Yeah, but, but people out here don't do that. They go, hey, aren't you on that show? You're on that show. What's my line? Is it anyway? You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. You're the guy. My line show. Yeah. The line show. And there they're like, you are Brad Sherwood from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And call him mockery. <laughs> May I please have your autograph? Also, they're, they're very polite. Wow. In they're lovely. They were yeah. out of everywhere I've traveled in the world. They were the nicest people we've. But I would ever think met. in improv, especially, it's it would be very culturally dependent. Like something that would be hilarious here because so much of improv is references. Yeah. I would think it's a completely different reference palette. They play it six times a day there. Six times. Yeah, it, it's wow. on a lot. Yes. All the reruns from the British version, and I'm, I'm not sure if they get the uh, you know the American version. But uh, I mean, so much of what we do is sort of situational, um, you know, based on occupations mm-hmm. and things like that. So we would do the limited cultural references we know from having been there and knowing about India our whole lives, mm-hmm. and those would get a laugh because of our sort of naivete. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, they're tuned into the world, so they can understand some of the, the more broad references that we might make unlike a stand-up where stand-ups i think it's so much more about cultural pop cultural references through their entire act that you could go and it's over a there. scripted act yes primarily stand-up so if, if, if you're not work if it's not working yeah you're 45 minutes of hell we, we have an advantage because we start off with sort of a collaborative relationship with the audience True, we're bringing yeah. them up on stage we're taking their suggestions so in a certain sense we've invited them onto stage and into the show and they look at it through different lenses than they do when they're watching a stand-up and I think a lot of stand-ups would have a hard time, even some of the best would have a hard time doing stand-up in, impro- uh, in, in yeah, India. Yeah, I would think it would be impossible. Wow. Really. It's just, yeah, it's, but it's a different him, world. But tell him about what that guy told us that took us out to dinner. You guys were three shows in already. And he said, oh, by the way, you don't want to make reference to... Oh, yes. You don't make any jokes about Gandhi. Oh. Or you're going to get killed. <gasps> yeah, they say people, some people oh, yeah. can get very, you know... <laughs> defensive and violent about ironically yeah but three shows in like you couldn't have mentioned that yeah. to him really would have loved to before? hear that no. it could have been okay. some large bold print in the contract before we started showing. no Gandhi jokes to tell you this yes. are, are, were the people that you brought on stage more timid or more gregarious they were, than they were, Americans they were definitely shyer as a whole but when they were laughing it wasn't you know timid retiring soft laughs it was big guffaws they loved it. And, and what we do is goofy, so which I think is why there's such a broad appeal for the show Who's Line across uh, cultural boundaries. A lot of uh, people that have come to the United States that are immigrants loved the show because it was goofy in a way that wasn't, like you said, pop cultural and snarky and attitudinal, which is what a lot of sitcoms are. Mm-hmm. They're about inflection, tone of voice, wordplay, mm-hmm. and snark about things they don't know anything about. Everything we did was situational. You understand a goofy scene about two taxi drivers. You don't have to be True. from the... Yeah, yeah, you know what, you're right. Yeah. And, and, and especially, th- there's that, that magic that where people are watching stuff being created right in front of them, to people that haven't seen it before, it's, it's mind-blowing. So many people still think that we got advance notice on Who's Line about what the suggestions and, were. And what, that's what always cracks me up. Because you guys make it look so easy. It, I, yeah. In my opinion, it's, ha- it's harder to fake it than it is... To do, it, it's much easier to go up on stage with an empty mind yeah. and improvise than it is to try. <laughs> True, you know, people think you're you've, you're cheating and you've got stuff in your pocket. It's harder to remember that, and it's harder to. Yeah. It's not worth the trouble, really. No. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, 
if you use improv as a tool to write a sketch, you may start with a couple of uh, formats, like when you're doing sketch work with Second City or right. SNL. You might start writing that program as a an improv. But uh, when you're just doing improv on stage, you do not want to have a bunch of ideas in your back pocket that you're going to try and shoehorn into yeah, it. That never works. Mm. And, never and works. You, you said the word silly, which is, is, is a great way to describe it because you guys are like two idiot savants, silly <laughs> monkeys on stage it's just exactly. having a ball. Yeah. And they're just so much fun to watch. Well, I, I just watched the... Um, I saw the screening of the Despicable Me 2 mm-hmm. with Steve Carell oh, yeah, you and said that was great. Kristen Wiggs. It was... It was hilarious, and I'm, I, I, I talked to them afterwards. A lot of it was just them goofing off in the booth and throwing in little buttons and little one-liners in the scene that weren't in the script but play so hysterical. So they just animated it. Right. Love it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, one, there's one scene where uh, Carell's character is this evil guy who is now working for the government, mm-hmm. and they, they have to root out the bad guy. So they set him up in a fake cupcake shop in a big mall. And he's got to see which one of the other people in the mall are the criminal. So he's he's getting his cupcake shop set up, and he's telling his minions to go in the back, and he gives them do this, do this, do this, and the guy starts walking and goes, and easy on the sprinkles. <laughs> and I just I thought it was hilarious that he's so into the character yeah. Yeah. that it it works. Let's talk about your relationship with Colin. Did you guys meet for the first time on Whose Line? We actually met. Uh, I think before Who's Line? In Santa Monica, right? Yeah, in Santa Monica. I, I, I did uh, a couple of episodes of the show that his wife produced, Deb McGrath, called My Talk Show. So did I. Yeah, 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 that's right. I think we might have been on the same episode one night. Maybe. Yeah. That was fun. It was like an yeah. improvised talk show. Yeah. But Col- didn't Colin, was he involved at, in Santa Monica at Second City? No. No, he wasn't. But he was out here with her when we were taping those. Okay. Remember when they replaced the original cast and yes. we all came in? And, yeah. That was a little so, uncomfortable. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then the they, show got yeah, canceled. They, they brought, Woo, yeah. I got a show. Oh. We, we all sort of brought in to like clean up the crime scene. You know, it was like we Bury just the bleached the blood stains and all that stuff. And they're like, well, we can try and get six more episodes out of this. <laughs> you guys just keep scrubbing. <laughs> So you met him there. Yeah. Uh, you guys got cast together on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Did you, did you uh, hit it off with him the best right from the get-go? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're, we were all just so excited to be doing the show, you know, and I think when you get good at improv, you're not worried about working with people that you don't know because you, you trust your own instincts and you assume that if they're here, they're going to be able to throw things back just as fast as you can. So, and, and technically, people always say, oh, is it good because you have a great camaraderie with a person you've been working with for a long time? My uh, belief is that if you're a really good improviser, you should be able to work with anyone, even a budding improviser that doesn't know all the rules yet. You should be able to throw back anything to them that works, even if they're taking you off in a weird Mm -hmm. direction. Because that's kind of the martial art of true improv, is to take unexpected things. That's a good word for it, the martial art. Because there are two or three rules Mm -hmm. that you're taught that if you follow them, you you can always work your way out of trouble. I thought there was only one. Yes, and. Uh, That's the main one. K-I-S-S. Ah. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's K-I-S-S? Keep it simple, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Well, there's yes, and, and there there are a couple other things you need to know. You want to keep adding information and moving the scene forward and not asking a lot of questions. Yeah, no asking questions. Try not to talk, you know, do stuff in your environment without talking too much about what you're doing in the environment. Right, which is another great thing about your show with Colin. You do a lot of great space work, and you really you create 
fully formed scenes in an instant in that show, which I find just hilarious. And you make it easy for the audience not to feel too awkward up there. Because I saw... Because, you know... People definitely want to go up, but then you feel like, am I going to look like an idiot up there? Yeah. And then you bring up the people, and they do great. Yeah, we, we treat them as our very important special guests. There's never an element them, of humiliation yeah. in our show. Whereas, And I think they are used to being afraid of stand-ups. Like, if you're sitting in the first three rows, you know, yeah. you might get picked out and made fun of. By a flailing, failing stand-up. Yes, whereas we, anybody we invite up, and usually the first people we invite up are very hesitant, and the whole audience is like, oh, and by the end of the show, everybody's, you know, waving their hands. Oh, wanted to go up. Yes, trying to get brought up on stage. I I raised my hand. I did not get called on. No, No, you can't. That's cheating. You can't call up people. I totally wanted to do the the voiceover part. Of course you did. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. You don't want to invite someone on stage and make fun of them, because then the next time you ask for volunteers right. no yeah. one will put their hand up well yeah i mean because it is collaborative you don't want it that's like shutting down the creativity of the audience if they feel in danger of being embarrassed you know if, right. if they feel embarrassed then they don't play it's just like a kid they get self-conscious so if you say anything is possible mm. here and you are going to come off smelling like a rose and we are going to look goofy all of a sudden right. the world is your oyster with the audience. You're the third member of the cast, the yeah, audience. Absolutely. All right, so you've been to India. Any funny stories, weird stories about oh, uh, cultural stuff about that happened food. there? Food oh, yeah. and cultural stuff. Yeah. Um, do you remember any of the funny stories, love? I was, you know, smoking the car, hash driving most in the of cars. the time, so I don't remember. Which everyone has to smoke hash yes. there. Yes. <laughs> driving in the cars. Uh, oh, yeah. There's no they have no lines, like meaning no Frogger. roads. Well, they, ha- they have line, lane well, some, delineation, some is just but dirt. they do not <laughs> There's observe just them. just dirt. <laughs> and it's so crowded there that every, when we, we got in our first taxi to take us to the first hotel, and it was just Brad and I. Taxi or putt-putt? But, nope, taxi. I was not going to do a putt-putt right away. <laughs> you have to work your way. You have to graduate to a putt-putt, trust me. What is a putt-putt? Well, it's actually a tuk-tuk. It's the, oh, it's, it's a tuk-tuk. It's, 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 <laughs> It's, with you it's like a one wheel in front motorcycle <laughs> yes, scooter, oh, okay. and then two seats in the back behind the driver. It's, it's, like it's scary. First yeah. of all, when you get to India, your all of your senses are alive. <laughs> Every single one of them. It Why just is seems that? like it's crawling with crawling people, crawling with and people, smells. And smells and sight, all the things spices. that you you can't even believe. They're beautiful women wearing their saris uh-huh. on the side of the road. And you're you're looking at them going, what are they doing? They're so stunning. And they're in on the side of the road in a field making cow pie. Dung, cow pies. Dung pie. Is that what to they're called? To take home. No, no, not to, to burn? take home. <laughs> yeah, they do. No, they make them like pat- patties, like patties. And they take them to, and they're all on their heads, to stacked burn. really high. And they take them and build their home for the night. Or they can use bricks. They don't build it for the night. They're in the process of building a home. They don't like oh, start with they... new cow patties. Every <laughs> I didn't know cow pie patty poo would last. Well, once it dries <laughs> it out, it, oh, it's the best. Smell? Well, they're they're sacred. Mm-hmm. Cows are sacred out there. So, so here you are in so the middle of the road. So, is there shit sacred as well? Shit nope. sacred. No, nope. it has to the be. The back it's end is like an the... IKEA. It's just building materials. No. So the shit is not sacred. No. The actual living cow is. Yes, yes. and oh, so yes. if it if it crosses the road. And there's a backup right. of cars. What about the you urine? Sit and wait. Is the urine sacred? <laughs> the cow <laughs> urine? I think you can use, you can use it as a cleanser or a hair conditioner. I yes. want to hear the story. Or an astringent, perhaps? Yes. I think he's Depending on what the cow has eaten. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the cars will stop you. You cannot swoosh them along. Wish them, swoosh them. 
push them along. <laughs> you can't. Did you actually go to India? It I sounds did. like you're just it making this so up. It was so scary at the beginning. It took me how long from the three it's weeks like that we Frogger. were there? Yeah, we were there for <laughs> two weeks. Two Frogger. weeks. Yeah. yeah, and it takes it you a like while Frogger. to I settle in. Frogger. Huh? I was a queen of Frogger oh, in the 80s. Then you would love India. You would love India. <laughs> Tell them, tell them about the car driving though. Everywhere oh, yeah, it's we went, crazy. It just, there it, it really is. It's, it's mayhem. It's, it's chaos, and you know, people don't stay in lanes. Everybody grabs instantly whatever possible opening they can see. But everyone's so nice about it. There's no road rage there at all. They go yeah. bitty beep. Bitty, and that's the other thing. Beep, 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 all the vehicles beep, beep. have a very nice horn sound. There's Super no sweet. blaring deep horn, so everything is. <laughs> So I think that acoustically Excuse doesn't me. generate as much That's anxiety <laughs> as exactly what our horns. They must have some some concessions to just the incredible density of population there. Yeah. Right. How many people live in Mumbai? Uh, well, I don't know how many people live in any the one of the shanty towns. Were yes, Mumbai yes. has uh, oh. a lot of shanty. That's where uh, what's a shanty? That's where mm-hmm. Slumdog Millionaire, millionaire was shot. Right. The shanty tent is like a, is like a, a city of slums made of like corrugated aluminum and tarps and there's but no lovey, running tell water. Them, tell, it's just lean-tos and tell tents. Tell them when and you hunts. fly in, our our we were just blown away. You can just see. I you, started bawling. As you come into the airport, you, you're flying over and you just see sections where it's just like blue tarps and tin roofs and as far so, as your eye it, can see. It's like flying over a, a city the size of Glendale, but it's. Glendale made out of shanty little huts. Wait, that where, doesn't wow. sound like a No, it cried my little eyes out. That doesn't sound like a Yeah, but attraction. you become aware it's not a of the attraction. No. Would you have gone there on a tour if you weren't working? I don't know. I mean, now that I've been, uh I would not probably seek it out as a place to go and be amazed and feel good because there is a lot of, you know, sadness. poverty and sadness and then people say, no, eat, pray, well, love. you help the economy by going there and spending your tourism dollars right. so there is that but yeah generally when i want to go on a vacation i want to go someplace where i can feel completely relaxed and you know seeing destitution and poverty on that scale in certain Changed major metropolitan areas forever. is mm-hmm. not uh, invigorating to me it, you know i don't want to be like marie internet and turn my back to it but when i'm going on vacation right i wouldn't seek that out well but you did bring them joy and love in your show absolutely do you recall what it was there one one bit that really scored well or uh they just i was i was so overjoyed at how well everything was received because we were th- fearing that there might be a cultural gap in yeah. just just don't make maybe fun of gandhi the, the way we were speaking <laughs> or some references that they you know the old what their noun for something is versus what our noun you know right. that kind of translation but uh, they really loved the shows. We ended with a rap every show where we brought some up on, on stage and asked them about their lives, and then we did sort of an MTV video. A rap? No. Yeah. Bollywood? No. <laughs> no. We didn't want to even attempt to try and do their dance no. moves. <laughs> no. They're actually very beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but you don't want to try that on their home court. Yeah. You I, bring your... You it's bring good. your American... Yeah. It's, funny, it's funnier for two middle-aged white guys to attempt rap and they'll laugh at that than to desecrate their entire music and dance style. And two very white guys. Yes. The, you, oh, between the, the two of you. Yeah. Yes. It's like the, uh, you look like a uh, notebook paper. Yeah. All, <laughs> all of the white mel- out. Exactly. All of the melanin between both of us is concentrated in several moles on my body. That's the only actual dark tone. Pop and fresh yes. is tan yes. compared to you. Absolutely. Colin and Brad have so many similarities. They're both left-handed. Which is why I think getting back to what you said earlier about how they get along so well. Uh-huh. So yeah, they, and they're both left-handed. They both wanted to be oceanographers. 
Um, both Sagittarius. And both really white. And really both white. creamy white delicious. Mm, creamy white. Delicious. like Almost like if nougat were white, they would be that. That's right. Instead of the color that it actually That's is. Right. Yes. Nougat, that nougaty brown color. Nougaty brown is swarthy compared to me. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, nougaty and, brown and is And if tan. anyone's ever ripped open a Three Musketeer, that's still a pretty pale color. It is. So, yeah. And it is. Deb and I are a lot alike. His wife. So it's interesting that we've all landed in this melting pot of goodness together. Mm, nougaty goodness. Nougaty goodness. So you had fun in India. Mm-hmm. Um, the people accepted you and, and laughed heartily. Yes. Are they big? Uh, of all the audiences you've played for, who has the biggest, ballsiest laughs? Oh, I, I would still the United States. You know, Jersey. Like New York, Jersey, yeah. yeah Jersey, Jersey is pretty awesome. We, we've done a lot of shows in the state of New Jersey over the years. But, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite state. Because, uh, like, for example, Milwaukee is probably our home away from home. We shot our DVD there, and we've been there every single year for the 10 years of our tour. Oh, wow. Do you play Summerfest, or you play like a... No, we we play at the Paps Theater right there in downtown Milwaukee. Oh, nice. In January, in the coldest part of the year. People are just glad to get out yeah, of our house. Yeah, exactly. Brad. I don't think it's you we, guys. We mostly do. No, no. <laughs> I, I know that's the real draw, is just having a place to go other than <laughs> where the home. heat's on? Yes. So. And there's Pabst on tap? That's Come right. On. Yeah. Oh, there's a show? Yeah. Oh, geez. Good thinking. Name a theater after the beer. <laughs> They'll show up no matter what's going on. Ballet? Oh, I don't care. Give me a beer. So you've been to India. What are the cool places? You just got back from Toronto. We just got back from Toronto. Went to uh, Colin's renewal uh, wedding thing. Nice. Did you go over to Second City there in Toronto? I did not. We were there. Whirlwind. We just flew in the day before, spent the whole day with them, and then flew back. We want to hear about this wedding. Now, I hear it was a surprise. Yes, they, yes. They, we knew because they wanted to tell us, because they wanted to invite us, and they, they posited it to everyone else as if it was just a Scottish heritage summer garden mm-hmm. party. But they knew if they just invited us across the continent to that, we probably wouldn't show up. Because we got married with them in yeah. Vegas two years ago, three years ago. How many times are they getting married? This is their three. third wedding. <laughs> oh, that's, you know what? That's too much. Yeah. Not that's excessive. Celebrating that, love, That, that was for a reality show we were shooting. We went yeah. and did a Vegas Elvis wedding. The, oh the four God, of us so got fun. remarried in front of Elvis. So. Oh, all right. Well, but that's, that's hilarious. But th- yeah, we were it shooting a bunch of stuff for... Uh, a, a reality pilot, and that was one of the things. All right, well, that doesn't really so, count. Then. No, this is an actual yes. Well, love technically, event. it counted. It was it, if we had not been married before that ceremony, we would now be married. So, do they have? Do you have to register those things? Like, yeah. if you go to a, even if you're getting remarried, do you file a paperwork and do I don't all think that? You have crap? to file the paper, paperwork if you're. But it's a legal marriage, yes. otherwise. Yeah. Okay. I think we probably didn't have to check as many boxes because <laughs> it was just kind of like a okay. It was a nod of the hat. It was very, you know. It was like, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was. He sang very so nice. many songs. Uh, <laughs> Too many songs. He Who, did. Going back um, in your childhood, when did you realize that you were funnier than uh, the other kids in your class? The minute I went on stage with you. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I always gravitated towards things that were funny. I think when I was a kid, I watched, you know, TV religiously. What was your favorite show growing up? Funniest show that oh, you remember? Jeez. I mean, I, I loved the Flintstones. I loved All in the Family. I loved the Honeymooners. Honeymooners. And, Honeymooners. and loved Carol Burnett. You know, Disney cartoons or Warner Brothers cartoons? Warner Brothers. Yeah. I didn't even know Disney had cartoons. They don't. They yeah. do, but they're they're uh, lame. Uh, <laughs> they're not funny. They're cute, Excuse but they're not funny. Me. Disney is phenomenal. Have you ever laughed out? I'm I'm talking old school, not Pixar. Pixar is hilarious, but old school Disney cartoons. They're not funny. I love Disney. Cartoons. A three-minute Warner Brothers cartoon has more laughs than a two-hour 
version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Absolutely. But we love Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We do, but for balls out comedy, well, I think Snow White was Chuck Jones is the king. Submissive for me. <laughs> All of those story type Disney movies Belle. from our childhood. Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Now, now we're talking. Still probably more that was laughs fantastic. than Warner Brothers. I was so Easily. worried when the Beast fell. It was, yeah. Mm. <laughs> But you, didn't you know they were all going to end up okay together? I mean, you don't know that. Sure, you do. No, no. you don't. Yeah. Nemo's mom dies at the it's beginning like three of little Nemo. Pigs. You know the ending yeah. before you go and in. Right. Most dad of these. dies. That's in a, right. In a, but you always know someone's going to die, and then everything's going to be okay. Everything's always okay at the end of a Disney movie. Always because Disney is fantastic. Okay, but they're not hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Too. You know, funny fight. Chuck Jones wins. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who you're fighting. So you like that? Um, what was your first? Do you remember your first time on stage doing comedy, in like grade school, high school? I do. It was. Uh, it was. I think it was maybe preschool. Was like, yeah, it was a. It was like a production of "You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown," <laughs> and I was Snoopy. Oh, that's, oh I know. Were? That's the good role. That's yeah, cute. I was dancing, but I was laying down dancing on the makeshift doghouse that they had created, and apparently the board that I was laying on was not fully attached to the underpinning frame of the doghouse and I was like basically wiggling it <laughs> off the stage while I was dancing and they're all singing but low and uh, I guess the curtain guy had to like come on stage and push it back up on so that I did not make the whole thing collapse and uh, that was apparently when I got my first laugh and there, it was. And, and there you go from that it was born but he was born he was uh, born with an applause yeah, around a, a standing ovation to rather. an audience. I was what? born at uh, Evanston Hospital, and it's a teaching hospital. Ah, yes, yes, and true uh, and uh, I was born close to the lunch hour, and I so guess they wanted you to. I was being hurry born, up. and someone ran into the cafeteria where all the med students were, and say, "There's a birth happening right now!" And they all ran in and were up above the delivery area in the observation loge. And uh, I was born. The mezzanine seats? Yeah, and I was born shortly right after that. And apparently, just a cacophonous applause and roar happened. So, so the, basically, the ah. first thing I heard was an audience's applause. Were you ridiculously <laughs> tall as a child as well? I wasn't. I actually didn't grow till high school. It could have been like a 20 minute birth once you started yeah. coming out, yeah. just the rest of it. Well, it I, I do have scarves. Like, like, yeah. magi like magician scarves, yeah. you just keep coming. <laughs> That's what people Ooh, used to say to me. Is are, it you, twins? are you guys no. going to have kids? And I'd look up at him and I'd go, he's huge. I don't want that in me. <laughs> that head? No, that was oh. tear you up. <laughs> nice face. Tear you up. Uh, so you didn't, you didn't actually get uh, gangly until when? Till, till the end of high school. I was short even going into high school and didn't even get looked at for the he high school basketball 12 team. 12 in college. Yeah. I was on my first driver's license, which you get when you're like 15 in mm -hmm. New Mexico. My my height was five five. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I went from five five at you know end of freshman year to six three and a half by the time I graduated. Wow. wow. So yeah, it was if you just did a time lapse photo of me sitting somewhere, you could see my <laughs> legs grow. <It> just, <laughs> the growing pains I had were just almost as bad as the actual sitcom. Do you enjoy? Um Traveling, uh, you, you got you don't travel alone really, right? Mostly you're traveling with Colin. Yeah. And you guys physically travel together, or he comes he comes from a different city. He comes right? from Toronto, and I come from to L.A. to whatever our first show of the weekend is. Then we travel together in between that, and then we split at the end of the weekend. And do people come up to you? Uh, do you mess with them as they come up to you? Are they nice to you? Do you goof around in airports? How do you do? What funny stuff do you do to pass the time while you're traveling? Because uh, it can be so boring. It is amazingly boring. There's a lot of downtime. You know, just waiting. 
words for with planes friends. and stuff. Huh? Words with friends. Uh, I never really got into words with friends, and the reason I didn't is because when I went to buy it, I saw so many apps for words with friends cheats, which is people can get oh. words through an app that helps them That's find no fun. Right, and I was What's like, the point? I don't want to play words with friends with anybody because I'm going to sit there and struggle through my own vocabulary to play honestly, and they're going to sit there and go xanthropanthamon, you know, <laughs> and just look up a word so that they can beat me. I like, I hate that kind of stuff. Bradley's very competitive. What, but what but, kind but of I'm, person would? I'm honestly competitive, yes. so yeah. I have no interest yes. in. Yeah. What's the point of cheating at yeah. that kind of game? It's right? Like if you played in men's hockey league and you know you could buy a a, a puck cannon that. <laughs> Is at the bottom, you know, strapped to the bottom of your foot. So just when you get to the goal, you just tap it and it just like shoots the puck. You wouldn't want to play. No, you, those are the kind of people you want to beat up, not yeah, play with. Right. But a lot of people somehow find joy in doing that, which right. is weird. I want to find joy in your um, story of that Scottish wedding. I mm-hmm. want to know about the food, I want to know about the cultural stuff that they did. What was it? Colin yeah, the Scott's food was wedding. amazing, and they did serve haggis. What's haggis? Lovey. Uh, haggis. Heavy. What's haggis? Haggis is uh, basically they take a sheep intestine and they filled it with minced lamb meat and uh, onions and I guess blood. Like a little like, bit. Like, Let's talk about it. Yeah, and then they boil it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and they boil it and steam it and then oven mm. it. And, you know, and, and that was it, the main course. And it's no, and no. basically cooks in its own intestinal bloody digestive gravy. juices and then they uh, then they cut it open. So it's kind of like a a slightly more metallic tasting shepherd's pie without the mashed potatoes. Oh. Kind of a ground beef <laughs> minced. And for dessert? Have you ever had monkey brain? It's a lot like for monkey dessert. brain. I've never had monkey brain. They had two cakes for dessert. Did they? Yeah, the two wedding cakes. So they had sort of a, a foie-foie three ta- ta- you know, three-level thing for her that looked beautiful with a, with fondant in uh, that looked like plaid, a ribbon of plaid. <laughs> and then his were uh, two comic books. Like they did the the icing that you know is like a photo of a comic that is book. So cool. Superman and uh, what the other one was. Well, that's not a good sign. If you're married, you're getting se- separate cakes, separate beds, separate honeymoons. Boom. Um, it's a vow. It's a renewal of vows. And the minute they cut the ca- the uh, comic book cake, the value went down. So it's all about <laughs> condition, right? And how was, was the, it in a plastic so, envelope? Yes, they were they oh. playing uh, bagpipes and all that? Yes, the bagpipes uh, were heralded as they entered, <gasps> which is when everybody that was there that didn't know about the wedding was surprised to see them in their full, you know, kilt Regalia. and wedding right. dress outfits. He was wearing a kilt. Yeah, he was. And all night long, you never sat and ate like a formal meal. It was all little. It was all hors tapas. And it was which Scottish is a Scottish tapas. tapas. It yes, was Scottish amazing. Tapas. Like what? Like what? Uh, there was Scotch eggs. What? Which is like a deep Sticky. fried egg with bacon, and it's like a hard boiled egg. That type sounds thing. delicious. Yeah. Bacon and eggs. So it's sort of a great, you know, uh, Great Britain thing. It's like Scotch and eggs, toad in a hole, those type of things. Sure. Uh, what else? There was asparagus soup. Um, salmon. Oh, yeah. A couple different types of salmon. Scottish salmon. Yes. Scottish salmon <laughs> or d'oeuvres. <laughs> um, but the lady that did everything was and, a very good and, friend of theirs, and she is an amazing chef. Yeah. She was really great. Yeah, super great. And everything looked really pretty. Mac Did and it cheese, look Scottish? Yes. I guess. Everything looked Scottish. <laughs> and they were in kilts. And But it was tasteful Scottish. It wasn't like crazy, you know, Scotty dog red there was plaid Scotty dogs everywhere. There. They have two oh, Scottish dogs. Okay. I was in a Scott uh, Scottish wedding once and I wore the kilt. I was at like one of the groomsmen and you wear nothing underneath it. That's yeah. true. Did you not? I did not. Yeah, no. you're supposed to free bag. Really? That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You gotta free bag it, yeah. It's just like Braveheart. Right. And between uh the 
father of the groom and myself, it was the first time I had ever had scotch, and we killed a bottle of 25-year-old Macallan. Oh, mm. wow. Nice. Yeah, I'm not much of a scotchy whiskey vapor drinker. I like the vodkas and the tequilas. But what did we drink? That was delicious. We, we you have to drink end. scotch at a scotch wedding. Yeah, what was that, yeah well, I had some orange. in the haggis. They, the, the traditional way of doing haggis is you scoop out some haggis and then you pour a couple drops into the center of the meat. Ooh. And then you're basically having scotch-dipped meat, Ooh. which does make it taste a little better. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I mean, I had heard for years how awful haggis is, so I had really low expectations. So when it was even mildly not terrible... I was. We like to try all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I tried it when I was doing my Travel Channel show. I tried it and I didn't. uh, I didn't particularly. Maybe that one wasn't that good. You would never go back for seconds. No, but But it wasn't wasn't like a fear factor food. It was the aftertaste. Yeah, right. It's chewy and nice going down. No, no, it was okay going down. But oh, ours was might be prepared a little better than yours. Maybe maybe. it was Canadian haggis. See, right? That's how that might be. I think they had an organic butcher do it, so it was probably a little (laughs) less, you know, old world. Of course. <laughs> it was happy yeah. meat. All right, well, I want to talk about some of the, how you pass your time on the road. Because when I'm traveling, I usually travel by myself, and I get bored very quickly. And I like uh, having fun with people. Yeah, because I only go the to airport. the good spots. Right. <laughs> right. You're super social, though, Mark. And Brad and Colin are not. Really? I would. Yes. I would think that you are. They do not. Well, I'm lots of times people come up to me. People that I know. I, I, especially if I'm in Los Angeles, like if I get into an elevator in Los Angeles, I always make it a point to talk to someone because they jump. Clearly, you're married to her. <laughs> <laughs> really, do, do you notice that no one ever speaks in elevators, obviously, right? So I always try, I'll just look at someone and go, hey, how are you? And they'll, they'll twitch because they're right. not used to people talking to Because you're lovely like that. You are Brad far and Colin, more outgoing. Brad and Colin, I have to call Deb to find out information about what's going on. Are you on. aloof? Like the they, two of you will not talk to people they, they on purpose? Just, we hardly talk to each other. Yes. Really? Yeah. I can't get a story. He's, yeah, he's like Rain Man. I'm somewhere in between Rain Man and Chauncey <laughs> Gardner. He's recalcitrant, yeah. yeah. Toronto, so you don't yeah, talk, you don't goof, because if I'm bored, like if I, I was in um, Atlanta not too long ago and a mm. flight got canceled and I had two hours to kill. So every so often I'd go over to the white phone and I would just page someone silly and, <laughs> and I'd be the only one laughing and I would see one or two other people laugh and I'd be like, oh, okay, that was me. Well, Peter Corkinbutt, please come to the white courtesy phone. <laughs> Peter Corkinbutt. Do you do that for real? Yes, why oh, not? I love you. Why That's not? Funny. Or, I'll, uh, you know, I, I, um. I'll, I, I like talking to kids, you know, if their parents are there and, and, uh, and just talking to strange people. That, that, that is entertaining for me. You don't do any of that when you travel? Well, I mean, we talk to people when someone comes up to us. I, I get recognized a lot more when I'm with Colin than right. just on the For the most part, I can travel pretty uh, unnoticed when I'm by myself. Every once in a while, somebody will come up to me. But Colin is so recognizable that we get into that, more of those kind of conversations and photos. Things. They play yeah. cards. Yeah, some, they sometimes we play cards, play cards or do our own things on our apps when we have hours and hours of travel downtime. Do people ever ask, come up to you and go, you, be funny, improvise something right now? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And do you? No. What do you say? No. I say, what do you do for a living? And then I ask them to fix the roof on my house. <laughs> if they're a roofer. Yes. Right. You wouldn't ask no, them no, of just, a postman. No matter what they say. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I'm a yeah. sous chef. Great. Would you fix the roof on my And then they just walk away. All right. Well, what do you do for fun? I know a lot of comedians, uh, we both know a lot of comedians, that um, don't do anything for fun because they're morose, weird, strange people. Would you, are you a strange, morose person or are you a happy person? I would say I'm a little of both. I think think my lovely wife uh, makes me a lot happier... Uh, just because it rubs off, you we know, only her know happiness. the happy side of you. Yeah, well, thankfully. I'm, well, well, like I said, I think 
Mark, for example, knows a way different me than I am sort of out in the regular world because Mark is a longtime friend of mine who I love to be funny with. You're so, always silly so, when we're together. So, yes. So I am more on when I'm with Mark because I. it's like he's one of my – He's. it's like when <laughs> two puppies – yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Your, your friend brings the hair puppy over and then they play all day and then they're exhausted <laughs> at the end of the day. That's kind of the way I am with him. But in normal world with sort of not necessarily funny people, I'm not – as prone to oh, want, very to, shy. want quiet, to be quiet. outgoing uh, yeah. and, and make them laugh. I like to riff with people that that I know and, huh. and can be goofy with, but I'm I wouldn't do that necessarily at a dinner party with uh, more serious people that we know. I got certainly to, not in public, but with strangers. I got to do the uh, FAA announcement on a plane recently. You did? Yes. One of the one of the, the stewardesses <laughs> recognized me and um, said, "Oh, what are you doing? What'd you like you to can do?" Get I said, "People to do a I lot go, of things." I would love to do your announcement. And she goes, "I don't know." And I said, "I won't do anything crazy. I just want to do the announcement." Come on. So I did. I did my uh, my pilot, and I did the whole thing straight, and I told them <laughs> uh, that we were going to a different place than they thought they were going no. to. Did you? Yeah. And was what did everyone do? Uh, you know, ninety percent of the people aren't listening, and and some of the other people, their heads popped up. <laughs> and I said, "Yes, that's correct. We're going to San Antonio <laughs> when we were going someplace else." And Bing, bing. Oh, that was kind of fun. Nice. But that's that's thrilling to do that. Yeah. Because that's probably a crime, right? <laughs> Giving the microphone to it's me. Probably, yeah, it's probably a mild <laughs> violation. I'm sure that if you check off most of the safety things that they have to do, mm -hmm. then... Yeah, giving they it would, to a civilian would not be a They would still have idea. to pick up the ones you missed. Otherwise, I they'd be in trouble. No, I was proud of that. I did all the... I mean, I could do them in my sleep. As yeah. I'm sure you could, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty fun. What else What else fun stuff do I do? Oh, do you remember the uh, flight attendant that put those um, hankies and dressed herself off as a nun and started blessing everybody in first class? Yeah, I think she was drunk. She was hilarious. Was that, she was the, not drunk. Was that she a was flight to fun. Europe? Where were we going? We were going to Amsterdam. That's right. Or back mm -hmm. from Amsterdam. Well, maybe she was... Mm -hmm. Oh, she was first class KLM, which is... That's oh, the gold what standard. what a great, great it's airline. <laughs> I have nothing but the best to say about that airline. Really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it really? is so fabulous. This And this flight attendant... Um, Their first class kid alone was just fantastic. Recognized me from television, I guess, so she was trying to be funny. And she put a thing on her head like a nun, and she walked up and down the aisles... Blessing people. Blessing people with but club soda. Was, <laughs> Everybody was asleep. <laughs> and the, and some people looked up and they were like, what's going on? <laughs> Very surreal. Mm -hmm. And then she called you in and she had put a chocolate bar in the bathroom. To make it look like... <laughs> make it look oh, come on. Gigantic. And she goes, look what somebody did. Look what somebody did. And brought him in. I'm like, I don't want to look at this. <laughs> look at it him. was he a 14 like hour kid. flight. You get punchy. KLBM. She was <laughs> Oh, hello. Thank God she wasn't on our flight to Tahiti. Oh, yeah. And you what fell so you've been to Tahiti, too? We Working have. or playing? <laughs> playing. That playing. was just a vacation. Playing. Yeah. But tell them about your experience on the flight, because it's hilarious. Oh, uh, okay. So, you know, it's it's a sleeper flight, you know, on your way out or back. And uh, so we took our little sleeping pills and, and <laughs> tucked ourselves in with our blankets and, you know, got into our comfy clothes. And uh, and then you have to put your, your seatbelt has to be visible so that they don't have to wake you to check and everything. So you basically, you know, put yourself into your blanket pajama cocoon. And uh, yes, and go to sleep. And I sort of woke up in the middle of the night and looked down, and I had a sleep erection. A very <laughs> a tent that we had tended. We call them slurrections. Slurrections. And so, you know, when I had gone to sleep, right. when I had gone to sleep, my, you know, junk was tucked, not tucked, but laying sort of down 
towards my feet. Very close to my to feet, feet, actually. Yeah. yeah. But then as as the sleep erection started, you know, it's it stiffened and started to raise like a tent pole. But the, the blanket, blanket and my pajamas kind of didn't let it go all the way to the other side, you know, to sort of be facing the toward belt, me. The seatbelt. The seatbelt and it like created an impasse. So it basically raised to perfect stand up like circus tent. So I looked down and it's literally pitching a perfect tent. Because it couldn't fall all the way back down. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he woke me up. He's like, what? There was a line in the yes. aisle. And, I, and I, thought, I thought for the last possibly hour or whatever. He was mortified. The, the, mortified. the flight attendants and the crew were like, oh, God, check out seat seat 506. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as we get ready to uh, land here, seat 4C, you'll see a fantastic selection. Uh, <laughs> just like... Barnum and Bailey's Big Top. We're going to be balancing a couple uh, chocolate chip cookie plates on top of that thing, and the first person to eat the cookies off will get a free bottle of liquor. Yes, that's exactly what oh, he thought. Was... I've seen some amazing penises at 35,000 feet, ladies and gentlemen. If you get a chance, come up and check out 4C. <laughs> this one tops the list. Yes, he was. I've never seen him more embarrassed in the entire time we've been together. You know ever. they noticed. Oh, they had oh, to. Totally. They might have the, taken photos, The too. lights were really dim. I will say this. The that's lights good were for very erection dim lighting, for, yeah, like for sleep. That's normally my reaction does not come out if it's too bright. Uh, it's kind of like and if it does, it yeah. sees six more weeks yeah. of winter. It's like a fruit bath. <laughs> it has to wait till it's dark, and, and then it flies around annoying people, poking people. And were you asleep, Shawnee? You didn't notice. I was asleep. Well, I would have noticed if I was awake, but I was asleep. And he nudged me, and he was had a mortified look on his face. And, and I, I said, "Baby, what?" Story. And he told me the whole story. Window said, or aisle? It's were you? okay, honey. It's no, okay. We were I kept in trying the, to tell him. the two center seats, uh, like <laughs> two on the windows, then the aisles, and then the two in the center. Yeah. And he, I, I know there was a parade of flight attendants totally. going back up and forth and going, "Oh my God, you got to check that out." And I did He's not make eye contact with any of them. With size thirteen shoe, you do the tent math. Right. You know what? It's better than having one off for the flight and no one noticing. You That's know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. Right. That's like there's like some stand-up that has a joke about uh, uh, he's complaining that he was in his hotel room and uh, uh, a maid walked in on him when he was laying on the bed completely naked. He said, "I must have sat there for four hours waiting for her to come in." <laughs> Uh, is it easier to get a boner at thirty-five thousand feet? The air is thinner. I, I, apparently, it must. It was that day. He so. is a walking boner. <laughs> what kind of sleeping pill did you take? I don't know. <laughs> Just a little blue one. I uh, thought it was Ambien, but it might have been something else. <laughs> oh my god! A little blue football shape item. Uh, are you in the Mile High Club? I am not in the Mile High Club. Really? Oh. No, I'm not even in the Skyjackers Club. No, no. He's too big in that bathroom. Let me tell you something. Where there's a will, I'm so there's glad a way. You said in that bathroom. I got a bathroom. buddy. I have a buddy. Now you tell. I, I I have a, I have an opinion on this, but I will. I'm curious to hear your feedback. I have a buddy that uh, walked on a plane, and uh, walked to the back of the plane right at the beginning of the flight. This woman walks up to him, grabs him by the tie pulls him into the bathroom, and starts uh, servicing him orally. Really? Within 30 seconds of saying hello, they're in the bathroom going at it, going crazy. And then that morphs into uh, actual intercourse, yet the act is not completed Mm. on his part. Mm -hmm. So he insists that he's in the Mile High Club, and I say no. No, absolutely not. 
Oh, I'd say he is. You would? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I say if you. How? I think if, if you, you. He broke the plane. I think if you park in the garage, then you were in the garage. No, no. but he didn't get out of the car. Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it was a three point turn and he just drove away. He See? did not. I think the act. I think. I think in a court of law, in under criminal circumstances, you would say that that was the act. So you get to say it for bragging rights on an but airplane. But isn't it? Well. Isn't it? Isn't it the, something about in the urban legend of that is that a man when you ejaculate that it's more extreme, more powerful, more wonderful, more, more, more. So no, it's just you're in an airplane. Oh, I thought. It was Are that. you in the? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm. I no, not no. I'm in. No, I'm You're not. eligible. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm SAG eligible <laughs> for it. You're eligible for the. I'm in the. Uh, I, I, it's, it, it's maybe it's a different club. I don't know what that <laughs> club would be. The half a mile high club. I'm, I'm in the kilometer high club. I'm going to say that. Uh, no, it, yeah, I will, and you're 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 a tall gentleman. I could see where it'd be difficult, but it's not about the pleasure yeah, at I that point. Pee in a it's about it's about getting her done. Yeah. Well, 9-11 put an end to the simplicity with which that can happen. I know. Yeah. Sadly. They take away our rights and freedoms. It's not right. Um, so we're also doing a show together. Yes, we are. Not really a television show. It was intended to be a television show. Yes. And now it's a web show called This Versus That. Yes. And it's kind of like a comedy science show. Yes. It is trying to find its niche. Yeah. It's still above court sketch artistry. <laughs> and people can see it at This vs That. TV. Yes. Uh, it was actually really fun. I hope we get a chance to do more. I think it was very fun. Um, it would be even better when we get paid. I know. Have you heard anything about that? No. No. Can we talk about travel? Yeah, I, I'm trying to sure. talk about travel. All right. So you're throwing a plug out for our friends. Right. You've been to Tahiti. You've been to Toronto. What, what do you have? Uh, are you touring this summer? Uh, I am touring this summer. Where are you I've going? Got a bunch of gigs. We're going to be in Atlantic City. I can actually get my little phone and look it up on my uh, tour dates. Uh, and people can also go to uh, colinandbradshow.com. That's our Colin sort of, and Brad? Yeah, Colin, Colin and Brad Show.com with one L. So it's Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Yes. Ooh. And uh, they can check our tour dates. But uh, yes. We got, and we're going to be at the uh, Montreal Just for Last Festival at the end of July. Mm, that's always fun. And you're going to Australia to do Just for, just for Last as well? I believe this fall we're going to, or this winter we're going to do which is their summer. Uh, we're going to do the uh, comedy festival there. I think that's also a just How for laughs. Fun. Yes, oh, that's and I've never been to Australia. Uh, I have not either. I dated a girl from Australia. Does that count? It nah. depends. Was she on just the airplane like with you? Count. She was not, <laughs> although she would have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, no. I've well, been there. You've been to Australia? Yeah, I have when I was very, very, very young, so I'm looking forward to going back. Okay. Uh, this go- i got to go back to the Mile High Club. Thing, okay. <laughs> you meet a girl at camp. And you guys have, go into your sleeping bag, right. and you go all the way, but you don't actually have an orgasm. You get to say you had sex with her. No. You don't? Just because you did not what, have an orgasm? If, you, if you're 12? Of course. You're telling but, everyone. But, a, a grown-up? <laughs> why would a grown-up be a camp, Brad? That's crazy. <laughs> it's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, but think of how many women have not had an orgasm during sex. But that's because they fake it. Well, yeah, but then does that mean, by that theory, then they've not had sex? No, I'm speaking clearly, uh, purely as, uh, you know, according a male to, according gender According to his biased. Mile High rules, that you, you must actually have sex to completion to be a member of the Mile High Club. Well, then that is to say that non-completion means it wasn't a sex act. I this think is getting too complicated for the man. I think so. I mean, there, there needs to be some sort of, you know, it's it's the denouement, the falling action, it's standard three act drama. I think once the Lego pieces are stuck <laughs> together, it's sex. 
whether it's in an right, well, right, but then by your analogy, if there's if you're sitting next to someone and you've got a slurrection and there's a big bump in the airplane and someone lands on top of your junk, you've just had sex. If it's fully penetrated, then yes, you have had through sex. the blanket. Well, blanket could just be a very cozy contraceptive. Uh, <laughs> Agree with you. Yeah. See. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to tell okay, my we'll attorney. Okay. We'll say that it's not good sex then, if it's not to complete. Well, I don't think any Mile High Club sex is going to be great. Why? It's a great you just story do it to, to tell. Do it. That's not fun. You do it to tell the story. Yeah. Really? Yes. yes. That's, it's no fun in a tiny little bathroom that how many, God knows how many people it have been in. Are like you a part of the Mile High Club, Yanni? It depends by whose definition. <laughs> by Brad's definition. What is the what is the boat version of the Mile High Club? Is there a term for that? Well, she's from Cuba. That's how yeah. they all do it. Uh, I, I would I would imagine any you know if if you're on a ve- a, a commercial vehicle for the purpose of transportation mm-hmm. and you have intercourse, I think you're in the the the, the, the twenty thousand leagues club. Oh yeah. Oh, that's fun. Jules Verne. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll have. How a, about in the the Urban Adventures Club? Oh, yeah. Nice segue. You know what? We ran out of time. We're not going to be able to do that today. What? We'll have to do that next week. Okay, so this time, gonna be a time. Lot, this time it's going to be really easy for the people to right. uh, figure out who the guests were. Mm-hmm. So you can just, to win, to get a chance to win the Vivitar 850W underwater camera, um, follow Mark DiCarlo at Twitter, at Mark DiCarlo, hashtag a fork on the road, and let us know that the, uh, the guests for today's show were Shauna and Brad. I follow Mark on Twitter, but he doesn't follow me. <gasps> I actually tweeted about it. Oh, no. I don't follow you. I thought no. I did. Oh, I told you he oh, didn't we're going to fix that right now. No, wait. Please tell him what's it. Oh, well, I'll follow you. I thought I did. Did you tweet something snarky? Oh, he did. Oh, I can't believe you haven't seen it. I love this right now. Wait, right now Brad's going into his purse to get his phone. <laughs> and this proves that you don't go on Twitter now. I don't. I don't. Although, you know what? The picture on Actually, Twitter is the one that you took in knows. our green room. Oh, at, uh, I love that he just said that out loud. Which makes it even more disgusting. <laughs> don't follow me. I love that you just it's said that. It's a good that. picture. Actually, you do go on Twitter, uh, but, you don't, don't. but if you're not following him, you don't see I it. I thought I did. Okay, the first one I tweeted about you was, <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, opening a bed and breakfast that serves bratwurst so Mark DiCarlo will follow me. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with the hashtag, friends for over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> then my second one was at Mark DiCarlo. I took his Twitter wallpaper photo. <laughs> hashtag friends for over 20 years. Hashtag went to his wedding. <laughs> hashtag am sleeping with his wife. <laughs> That's a popular hashtag. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I will, I'm going to follow you within 20. So the minute we're done with the show, I'm going to do the thing that makes me follow you. And what is you, your Twitter account? At the Brad Sherwood. The. The Brad Sherwood. Oh, I'm T-H-E. following Brad Sherwood. Oh, yes. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise I will follow you as soon as this is done. Yes. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. It has. If you're within the sound of our voice and you can see Brad and Colin this summer, go see him. I'm telling you, it is every night it's a different show. They are hilarious. They're clever. They're inventive. They will make you feel good about being a human being because you can walk out of that without feeling stupid. You laughed your ass off. And it's like going to see... Uh, it's like going to see a rock show, a it comedy is. rock it show. It is so much fun. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks so for having us. You you're, thanks for having us. I'm going to wear a big old wig next time, and I'm going to raise my hand, see if he calls on me. <laughs> That's colinandbradshow.com. You can see their travel there, and you can see us here every week on iTunes and the Sideshow Network. At a fork on the road, I'm Mike DiCarlo with 
Yanni Alvarez. The lovely traveling diva. Thanks, Brad and Shauna. We mm-hmm. will see you all at a fork on the road and on my Twitter account. <laughs> at Martha Gardo. Bye-bye. So good.